presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Hey everyone, it's Raz. And just wanted to touch base with you before we go into this episode uh, of Hellfire Nights. A couple things. We wanted to do a quick recap because this story was so, so big and it had a lot going on in a short amount of time. So we're just going to do about a two minute, knowing me, three minute uh, recap and then give you a little bit of of a situational understanding of what's going on in this episode because it will sound a little <laughs> a little different than some of the others. So <clears throat> real quick, uh, if you've been following the show from the very beginning, uh, the prince, Kiernan Fraser, summoned a conclave, uh, notified everyone that the Nosferatu primogen, uh, Bartholomew, <clears throat> had gone missing. Other clans were already starting to pull back into the woodwork, fearing something had happened to the prince's you know, main spy and source of intel around the city of London. Uh, And he basically asked several uh, vampires and one ghoul from Clan Malkaf, figuring that would the madness of the Malkavians wouldn't be so overwhelming in a ghoul to work together and try to resolve some of the issues or, you know, resolve this issue about Bartholomew. While that happened, the team were, the Toreadors of the team were attacked. Uh, Ashenbrenner, his haven or main studio was smashed to bits by what he has affectionately named the Meat Man. Uh, some form of Kabbalah-gist golem um, is what they have been able to surmise. And Simona's haven was burned to the ground. Uh, while this is going on, Evelyn is working her political angles and Christina, a.k.a. Rosamond Henshaw of Clan Tremere, has the Tremere's politics, policies, and their position inside the Camarilla at this point in London uh, that she's using through the primogen twin sisters of they, the blonde and the brunette of the clan who sort of finish each other's sentences all along. Things go topsy-turvy. There's a lot of red herrings, a lot of twists. But in the end, um, we get to a point where uh, Bartholomew has been rescued. Dr. Jackal has been embraced by um, his sire, uh, in the last episode and, um, Tevi, the Tevi and Elijah, um, Tevi being a Kabbalist mage and, uh, rabbi uh, of the Jewish quarter that sits in Whitechapel, and Elijah Beaumont, primogen of Toreador, uh, team together. And, in, in, and what this whole thing, com- you know, culminated from was they worked, they were working together to attempt to overthrow Kiernan Fraser, And with good, pl- I mean, with good reason, uh, the prince had been very heavy handed, uh, over an argument that had happened, you know, two centuries ago, uh, when a, a future or bright woman of one of Kiernan's members of his f- potential family um, was embraced rapidly by a by a Toreador and stolen from the Ventru, even though she had been marked for their embrace, <clears throat> which started this feud. And the young woman ended up being destroyed because it was the only way to solve the conflict at the time. But Kiernan's never let it go. Uh, enter Mary Reed. Mary Reed is an archon, which is basically like a marshal for the elders of the Camarilla. Um, they keep the peace when a prince can't or when something is amiss. They'll send someone like that in, pound their way through, to, through the problem and get to a result. Uh, which all this comes together when the when the team is able to pinpoint Bartholomew's location create a massive diversion for Mary Reed. She goes and gets Bartholomew out. And with that, Kiernan Fraser decides it's time for the blood hunt. So that's sort of where all this is, has come to. There's a lot of things in between. There's the discovery of an ancient Malkav in the, inside the city named, uh, originally she presented herself as Muse, but she's now known as Morgaze, the Morgaze of Arthurian legend. Um, she is one of the eldest uh, vampires inside inside the British islands. And that's going to cause its own series of problems. So uh, it, this all sets up. And as you listen to the show at this point, you're going to be able to pick up on the fact that it was just one thing after another coming together to make this um, a real, real hard task. But it was only over the course of about nine nights. 
So the team did a great job in getting Bartholomew quickly, derailing the plans of Tevi and Elijah. Uh, And let me go back one more second. We're well beyond the three minutes, I know. But uh, the reason Tevi Brankowitz um, was so adamant about getting rid of Kiernan was because this all stems from the main title of the show, Hellfire Knights. Kiernan Fraser has decided to close the Hellfire Club because modern technologies and crime investigation and witness accountability have gotten so, so strong that he feels the masquerade is being threatened every day. Like photography, all these things are just making it harder for vampires to get away with the, the shenanigans they, they they like to do. And to close it, he has agreed to allow vampires from all over Europe, elders, to come in and say goodbye to the famous club. And when he notified an ally, in who is Tevi, uh, that this was going to happen, a human mage, Tevi got very, very flummoxed. And... And that was because he feared that, like in past times throughout history, his people would be targeted um, for the anti-Semitism and racism. And a lot of vampires uh, throughout Europe, you know, come from the old school religions and, you know, are slanted one way or the other. And he didn't want to see his people used as food. Uh, So he decided to take Elijah's offer and attempt to depose the prince. So that brings us to this episode. I like to intermix various elements of historical people with just created NPCs. I feel it gives the the story a bit more grounding in the events that are going on. And one of the people that I had talked to um, Dr. Jackal about when he was discussing being a ghoul, um, I picked a, a sire for him or at the time a patron, um, apparent figure of Agnes Sorel. Agnes Sorel is a real, was a real person. Um, she came up through France and she was actually the first woman to be recognized as a court position of being a courtier or consort to the king. So this woman got herself actually basically on the payroll for being a mistress as opposed to being just a secreted woman away in some cottage the king would visit. She was actually able to attend court. His The queen knew about her. Everyone was aware of Agnes's role. She was the king's favorite. Um, so this is a pretty, this is a pretty, you know, interesting woman for her time. This is, you know, Renaissance type stuff. The other thing Agnes was well known for was she had several pieces of art commissioned, uh, religious themed art, where she was pictured in it. And she seems to be pictured quite a bit or as the artists did with that time with their iconography and their their design, everything had a meaning, right? A unicorn would have a meaning, a castle off in the hill would have a meaning, um, a particular angle of the sky, you know, the clouds would have a meaning. Everything seemed to have meanings. And Agnes had herself painted several times with one of her breasts exposed. Now, I'm sure this meant a lot of things in the Renaissance and people would see it and be like, oh, that's so avant-garde. And But she, maybe she was attempting to say that she was nurturing. Maybe she was attempting to say that she was proud of the fact that she was a woman. I, who, I don't know the actual art, artistic interpretation of what that meant. But when I chose it, it felt when I read about her and I knew about her, I felt it was a very Malkavian thing to do would be to have a woman who was so into this religious art, art and you know, um, comfortable in her own skin and yet a little bit wacky, right? Like a little off. So I decided that she would be a part of Clan Malkav and Mike came to me and said, let's do this. And I loved the idea. I set it up that Agnes would be his potential sire and so forth. So that's why you heard the last episode where um, the Paeta and, and Dr. Jackal in repose and Agnes dressed up like the Madonna. This is all part of who she was in real life, right? Before the supposed embrace of our story. And she brings him across in a very weird way. And then she gets to meet his friends and his companions and comrades. uh, And she attends the meeting like she would have back then in, in very Malkavian style with her one breast exposed. So this took some of the players like, you know, kind of off off guard and it sort of became a running joke. So as we're recording, you know, we have a Facebook chat going off in the corner and people are typing, typing, typing. And it just seemed to be this this moment of, of levity 
Uh, so this episode definitely has a different feel to it than some of the other Vampire Hellfire Nights where it's just, you know, this dark, 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 constant grinding. I, I'm sure many of you know I run Cthulhu. Uh, that's our biggest show uh, as far as um, how long it's been running. And I'm a full, a firm believer that if you're going to run horror, you must have some levity, some moments of breath before you strike again as a storyteller, because without it, it becomes just exhausting people become immune if if on if you keep throwing these gore images or these fantastic these terrible terrible images at people every single you know 10 seconds after about 20 minutes they're gonna be like yeah okay whatever you know this is just it's so to have those moments of pause are really really important and that's sort of why we let this episode go the way it was when we were in post-production because it does seem that everybody kind of gets a chuckle out of there's moments of, of like this uncomfortable pausing where people are trying to visualize this thing. And um, so it wasn't done to just be, you know, 12 year old sophomores uh, laughing about a boob. It, this this was sort of uh, my way of introducing this character. And she needed to make this grand entrance. She was a courtly, you know, she was a courtesan of the King of France. She knows how to make an entrance. She knows how to work the room. She knows how to, you know, she wants to be talked about. She wants to be, you know, whispered about. This is a woman who lived the life, right? So I did this, I kind of did this with a reason and a purpose. So without going too much further into it, when you start to hear about Agnes, don't, you know, try to understand um, this is the way it came off. This is why we did it. And I think it it kind of works. It's it's a funny episode in, in some ways. It does set up what's, you know, where we go next. And we're closing in on the end of chapter one. So it was good to let the players just have a night of kind of being silly and 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 messing around with that. All right, so I don't think there's anything more really to discuss about this one. Um, I just did want to give that warning out there. With if you're used to the high politics and the the backstabbing and all that stuff, this episode doesn't have a lot of that. It has a little bit more chuckling, <laughs> um, but believe me, and and we've already recorded opening chapter uh, opening episodes of chapter two, and it gets it goes right back into Hellfire Nights again. So, thank you again, as always, for listening. If you're a member, if you're a patron of our shows, which we really really appreciate. Um, you know, thank you as well. We we can't do this if the generosity that you do has helped us upgrade equipment uh, for our players and for our voice actors. It's helped you know me um, do a lot of things that I needed to do to try to make the show better. And our goal this year is to is to keep growing the show, is to keep trying to impress people and and get them on board as patrons. So if you haven't yet and you really would like to donate to us, it's you know it's three dollars a month. It's it's ten cents a day uh, over thirty days. It's really, we really appreciate it. Those $3 add up and they do end up helping. So if you can, you can find us. We always post our Patreon information on our Facebook pages for Cthulhu and Cairo. Um, and yeah, from, from all of us here at the Barda College, uh, keep listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. The next night does come by. Uh, it does, does come. This is now, uh, Elijah's been on the run uh, going into his uh, third evening at this point. And yes, the group will does reassemble at Evelyn's because it just seems that that's where it is. And this is the first time that we're going to meet uh, at the end of this chapter. We're going to meet Agnes Sorrell and Dr. Horatio Jackal, which will be interesting. So the scene sets up at about 10 p.m. Ashenbrenner, you had no we'll start with you. Um, Rosman's already arrived. Simone is there. Uh, you walk in. You now I was. You went looking for Te- Tevi. That didn't work out. Would you have taken a little bit of time to look at this warehouse space that had been offered to you by Evelyn? Was that something you might might have done in after realizing that Tevi's uh, house and his belongings had been taken away? The first thing I would have done was probably reached out to uh, see if I could get in touch with Muse. Because um, mm-hmm. if I was going out... At that point, it was me against Tevi, which... Right. I Look, I'm angry, but I'm not stupid. So... Yeah, so I would have reached out for anyone and everyone I was able to reach. Um, okay. So I guess whoever whoever was able to lend me a hand or come with me, I would have hit up the uh, the place where uh, um, Bartholomew was being held. I maybe mm-hmm. would have tried to circle back around to where Tevi's home was, um, since those since the uh, the sigils are, have been, already been disabled. Um, if I found absolutely nothing, right. I would be in a in a in a gray mood. This okay, evening. yeah. So, um, really, you had Kush 
unfortunately, Doctor Jackal had been tied was being tied up in Literally. you know yeah early nights right <laughs> being swaddled <laughs> in the uh, in the style of Michelangelo, <laughs> which was really uh, kind of creepy, I guess. But yeah, so you had Kush, you had you know none of the other Toreadors. They're all right now dealing with the flux of the chase and dealing with Elijah and the repercussions and the fallout. So you you didn't have a lot of assistance. So you you did make your way to the districts, you know, carefully, quietly looked around. He was he was able to get out during the you know between the raid and the night and that and when it ended uh, in Kiernan's office, he did escape. There's even no signs of the of the meat man, as you affectionately call him. There's no but nothing was left behind. The, the the his house though that he did live in, you know, you did discover rooms that had arcane symbols and sigils in them. So, you, you know, you come upon stuff like that, like the remnants of the, of what was there, but he fled, he fled England, you know, he fled, I'm not England. I'm sorry. He fled London. Gotcha. And yeah. I would have, I would have just had, I would have taken as many notes as possible. Like if any of these sigils were meant something like, Hey, here, here's where I went. Or it was, if it was some sort of like a hobo scrawl of like letting other people know where he might be going. So I have a whole notebook of stuff to show, uh, uh, Rosamond, just to be okay. like, hey, does any of this mean? Does this give us anything? Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah, so that goes on. That was the night prior to this when everyone's regathering. So yeah, unfortunately, you you know him getting away. He just had the daylight hours to do it. Yeah. But uh, but then that that left you with a little bit of the evening previous as well. The night that you're out hunting him, I didn't know if you would you have done any type of background. Would you just been in such a mood you would have given up on looking at the the new place or would you have scoped that out as well? I was in my own place. Yeah. The one Evelyn offered to you by the, down at the docks. I think last night probably would have been focused on Tevi. Just Teddy. Yeah. Tevi. Like okay. it was at some point I, I, I even went by the brothel to be like, Hey, you know, oh, like right. Right. With yeah. any sort of Vinny, Vinny and Vicky Tracy, Vicky Tracy, Stacey. Stacey. Vicky yeah. Stacey. Tracy, yeah. <laughs> Just if Vicky anybody Stacey. has, you know, grasping at straws, literally. Yep. Well, the, and they all pretty much confirm, you know, the situation that uh, most of the, the you know, the, he, himself and his family, his wife, son, <clears throat> several members of the uh, of the temple as well that were very close to the family that, you know, they just saw them in carriages leaving. Yeah, gotcha. it, it looked pretty serious, like they were bailing. Yeah. Uh, well, so. if I could find anybody even slightly connected with him, I would absolutely try and pull a Kaiser Soze. Oh, Okay. Uh, I mean, if, you know, there's somebody who used to walk his dogs on Saturday, you want to. Exactly. Can, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you leave, you leave, you leave poor, uh, <laughs> poor uh, Michael in the wake all busted up. But the night, next night comes forward. Uh, you arrive outside. Uh, like I said, Simone is already inside. Rosman's inside. Evelyn's inside. Uh, and you do arrive at, at the house and you can make your way. And Anthony opens the door for you after you knock or ring the bell. Uh, I don't know. Is Ashburn or a, a bell ringer or a knocker? Do you think? Huh. I think tonight he's definitely more of like a just kind of one thump. And if Anthony didn't open like quick snap, like right now, I'm looking for somebody to be pissed at because I can't just sink things into Tevi right now. Right. Well, welcome feel, to the show. I feel really bad for Anthony, but oh <laughs> shit, he is going to take the brunt of this. <laughs> I this you know I have a feeling there's people that would listen to the show just for this. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not too the first time Paul has said he actually feels bad for Anthony. I think oh, I feel I feel myself. horrible for Anthony. I feel horrible. Ashenbrenner would love to just just uh take him apart physically, emotionally, spiritually, especially tonight. So okay, here's the thing. Storyteller disgusting man. He helped us get Bartholomew. He helped us. I know, but Ashenbrenner's really angry. So, he, so here's what I will ask, and I will I will never do this again. But because Ashenbrenner is in such a mood, can you roll for Anthony? How quickly does he open that door? The best outcome is I just walk past him. I can do that for you. I appreciate it. If you if you fuck up my butler, <laughs> it's not up to me. It's up to the dice. You have free oh. will. <laughs> Not tonight. Not tonight. Exactly. Oh my god. There's a pause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of a pause. It's it's not. 
it's not as crisp of an opening as you would have probably enjoyed or expected. Uh, it does happen. I would say it's probably about 35 seconds, 40 seconds. Oh. So he gets he gets there in in time, but he is addressing another servant as he opens the door. So you don't even get a complete good evening, sir. You get I, a as soon oh. as that door is slightly open, I am mm-hmm. gonna strong arm straight through it. So hopefully okay. he lands on his ass. All right, I'll we can do a dex check for that. <laughs> like I'm not pumping blood into it. Well, thank you. There you go. There, that's my concession. <laughs> I swear I wasn't trying to knock him all the way down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's. Uh, well, he lands on his ass because of a critical fail. Um, <laughs> the uh, the maid comes running over. Uh, the, one of the housekeepers comes running over. Oh. Anthony and you know Evelyn, you hear a commotion in the hallway. It's 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 Anthony. He stumbled. It's not the first time, but it's the first time you, you hear. You know, Ashburn, do you scream out something like "Klutz"? Do you, do you give like do you give like it's his fault that it happened, or are you just walking straight past him? I'm gonna mutter something in Hungarian under my breath that just sounds like mud having an orgasm. Just real angry, low guttural. I'm not even going to look at him. He's an obstacle. He's an obstacle. He's on the floor. That's the best I can do for him. Yeah, and you do have. He, he's he's a taller gentleman. I mean, he's not. You're so are you, but you do have to, you know, take a step over him to go up the, you know, the hallway and into the office where everyone is is sitting at the moment. So that's always fun. So yes, uh, Anthony is is being helped up. Everything's back to the way it was, and you enter the office. Evelyn is there at her desk. Everyone is kind of gathered. The ladies are speaking, and it's not long, you know, as you walk in. Lauren, what do you want to, how do you want to take it from here about the situation? The situation where my housekeeper, who has done nothing but help out, has been accosted? <laughs> is, that, is that how you're seeing it? I'm seeing it as Ashenbrenner is in a piss-foul mood, and there's no reason to be rude to people. Well, I, you know, um, okay, so... How would you like to deal with that? How would I like to deal with that? Um, does he still need the house? Oh, jeez. We're going that far because of Anthony being knocked on his tush? Well, you know, path of power in the inner voice, you you protect and respect those who work for you, and you don't, like, shit on those beneath you because that just, you know, it's in poor taste. The door, everyone's kind of gathered around. The, Paul, I'm, I'm sure at this point, Ashenbrenner's letting everybody know about Tevi. Uh, and not not getting to him, correct? Just mumbling, astonished, fury. Can't fucking find him anywhere. That cum soaked coward has somehow gotten away from us. Ooh, ooh, it's just yeah, it's it's just muttering and obscenities, and occasionally the word Tevi. So I take it that you were unsuccessful in your excursion to find Tevi Brankowitz. Just. Just real big smile. Yes. Okay. Let's go kill Elijah. I'm going to get all sullen in the corner. I've gone totally emo, guys. I've gone full emo. And we it's what we've been waiting for. I'm pouting. Ashenbrenner's pouting. He's literally pouting. And look how little I care. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Rosmond... Rosamond, like, goes over to her buddy, her creepy buddy, and, like, puts a hand on his shoulder if he's, like, pouting and goes, The Tremere are hunting him as we speak. He has a powerful magical signature, so it shouldn't be too difficult to track him. The minute we get a scent, I will inform you immediately. I, like, grumpily give her, like, a... Thank you. Good. Fine. Okay. No hand pumping vigorously on that one? Not for this one. Not for this one? Okay. Evelyn is, like, you know, note-taking at her desk. Like, I still have a business to run. I have a life outside of this. And ever since the prince kind of, like, shafted me, I'm a bit pissed off. So she's... Okay. She sees it as a shafting. Yeah. Oh, I will also, speaking of shafts, I will take out my notebook and kind of uh, thrust it into Rosamond's hands. 
If any of this can help, I found this, these little scribbles in his home, and I'll, I'll detail where I found these little things, if it's anything that can help. You're lucky you're not dead. Think of how his district was booby-trapped the, and warded the night of Bartholomew's retrieval. You're lucky you're not dead or blown up or turned into some I, sort of meat man. I had help. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. So, Will you sulk all evening? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Silly question. I will sulk until I can fit at least one hand inside of Elijah. Ew. Okay, Rosman? Uh, if Ro- if Rosamond gets a notebook full of, like, Tevi notes on his magic and his place, she's going to be, like, a kid in a candy store and, like, skulk off to her corner or her chair and just pierce through that with the occasional comment of, like, oh, yes, yes, fascinating, ladies and gentlemen, and then go back to her work. So she'll be studying that for the meeting. Okay, great. All right. Um, the The bell rings again at the front door. And this time, a, a message arrives for Simona. Simona, it, it it's brought into you uh, by Anthony. Um, he's lazily rubbing his left buttock uh, from where he was planted on it. Uh, but he says, Mr. Mr. Delatore, um, a message arrived from you, madam. Uh, a courier came to the door. I'm sorry for the interruption, madam. And he looks at you, Evelyn. You are doing your job and doing it admirably. The brute in the corner, sulking like an infant, pay him no mind. I'm staring at Anthony like he is just just pot roast. We had that tonight for dinner. Um, <laughs> how funny you mentioned it just like that. We actually had pot roast. Uh, all right. So, Simona, you receive a, a beautiful envelope uh, stamped on the back in gold wax with... Um, an inlay of red wax as well, uh, with a with a with a beautiful sigil, you know, a symbol into the into pressed from a signet ring or some other device, very uh, ornate, very elaborate. It's a, it's a rose with a small what appears to be a crown cresting at the top. And do you open it? I'm assuming you would. Yes, I recognize the um, I recognize the wax seal as Elijah probably correct or that is correct yes so then of course i open it pretty immediately inside is a um very very handsome drawing of a heart uh not a romantic heart like that you would give someone across the street or in a selfie this is more of the actual detailed drawing of a of a heart and from the veins several roses are drawn uh, where the blood would normally pour out of these of these arteries and veins, and se- uh, a couple of these beautiful dark roses also have eyes uh, drawn where the the petals would be, as if they were you know staring back at the person uh, looking at the message. There is no words; it's just this drawing. She studies it for a moment, um, you know, turning it over, making sure there are no hidden words or anything on there. And then she turns to Ashenbrenner and goes, Ashenbrenner, come study this with me a moment. The door rings again and Anthony walks out. I will, I will follow her. <clears throat> so yeah, Ashenbrenner, you see the same thing. It's, um, you know, just an ink drawing. This very detailed ink drawing. Uh, the roses obviously indicate the, tor- the clan itself, but there's, there's symbolism in it. To decipher it quickly, uh, you can... I, I don't know if you're able to see it. Uh, I'll post something on the on the Facebook page for the listeners when this episode comes up. Uh, but I, I think messenger is that the one that you sent through messenger? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in messenger. So looking at it that way, if you have any thoughts or theories, you can throw them. But if not, we'll go to roll uh, type type of roll. We can use um, your anyone's uh, wits and politics or wits and occult. Uh, let me take a look at it. I think it's Elijah trying to get me to sending me a message, obviously. Um, but he's sending me 
it's almost like he's sending me an invitation to come find him. He's been alluding, he's been alluding the hunt for, you said, two days now. This will be the third night he's trying. Yeah, two. he's been successful for the first two days. Yeah, and I don't think the third time will be the charm. I think he's trying to coax me out to come and see him. Um, maybe to talk. Yeah. Okay. What I'm getting from this, uh, this image is, um, you know, hey guys, I thought we were friends. Toreador first. You told me you would back me. I think he's going to try and, um, appeal to, um, appeal to the fact that we are Toreadors. Interesting. Anthony comes back in, Evelyn, and as they're looking over this thing and Rosman's studying her book, Anthony comes in and doesn't announce or say anything. He walks over to your desk, Evelyn, and whispers in your ear, Madam, the, uh, 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 a lady and Dr. Jackal are at the door, but I, I, I don't recognize her. She's, she says, though, that she would ask your permission to enter the house. Excuse me. I get up and I go with Anthony to the door. I'm not just going to let anybody into my house. Like, yeah, Dr. Jackal's with her, but who the hell is this woman? And why didn't Horatio just come in and introduce her? Oh, I also got a critical success and a success on the uh, wits uh, wits plus politics. Like if my, if my assumption was totally off. No. So you're, uh, we'll, we'll get right back to that. Uh, uh, Mel, make the same role though, whichever one's better for you, politics or occult. And then, uh, the wits okay and let me well get back to how many successes you guys came in together with okay all right so evelyn you walk back into the foyer uh under the gas lamp down the carpeted runner uh to the front door and dr jackal is there and he's standing next to a blonde woman of about five foot three interesting face her hair done it's down but she's dressed in victorian garb she's wearing uh even at this time of year she's wearing a long coat it's buttoned up the front uh, and tied at the at the waist, she's staying there. So she's not in like just a small like you know half jacket or a shawl. She's actually wearing some form of a, like a coat. And when Anthony reopens the door and she's standing there, she's like, "You must be Evelyn Wolf. Um, Horatio has told me about you. Thank you for looking after him these last few evenings. My name is Agnes. May we enter?" This is the famous Agnes. Absolutely. Uh, doc- doctor, you're looking well. Keeper, is he looking well? I know that he's, he's... now a, a vampire, Oh, you right? can tell immediately. Yeah, he looks oh, all kind of... I told he looks all... Yeah, yeah. He is yeah. beaming. He's got Agnes on his arm. He is beaming. Doctor, I've never seen you in such fine form. Please, both of you, um, enter, please. This way, Horatio. Yes, of course, dear. And he will take his hat off as he walks in through the front door, Agnes on his arm, which not sure how that works, given that they're almost a foot and a half height difference. But yeah. Might I offer the both of you refreshment? Oh, we've had our fill. Haven't we, cuddly bear? (laughs) (laughs) And he just starts chuckling. (laughs) It's quite, quite, quite. She says, but... Sweetie, if you'd help me off with my coat. And she um, she unties it and begins unbuckling it and then leaves her arms so that you can help her take off her jacket. And he will, as the true gentleman that he is, he will help her by lifting off from the shoulders to, to remove the coat. And that's when, Evelyn, you're introduced to Agnes Sorel's left breast. And it's a decent one. <laughs> Excellent. I, I would expect nothing less. Um... She, she's not one for comedy, but the, the thought, wow, it's a cold day, pops through her mind briefly, but mm-hmm. um, she's not one for comedy. She's very proper. This is a guest in her home. This is obviously someone very important to Horatio. Um, adjusts her her posture. Um, our the rest of our party, um, is in the study. If you would too follow me. She looks down and mouths something, and then looks up and says. Oh, excellent. We'd love to. This way, cuddly bear. And she makes her way into the the office being fu- <laughs> Wow, someone just might just posted a big picture of a cuddly bear. Um, yes, so the the two of them enter into the the office. Uh ladies, uh Ashenbrenner, you also see Dr. Jackal 
with a small blonde of about five foot three, uh, hair wear worn down, which again, not very Victorian, left boob, uh, left breasty dumpling, uh, definitely out uh, <laughs> in typical Agnes Sorel fashion when she's walking around. You know, she's home. This is London. She can, you know, she feels this is the way to go. Simona, what you had a response to left breasty dumpling or just meeting her in general? Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for... Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm all flustered and there's no left breast in front of me anyway. Um, so I can Google one and send it to you. Man. I would rather you didn't. <laughs> so Simona, when, um, when Dr. Jackal enters the room, you know, she sees him and she's happy for him. You know, she sees that he's beaming and she gets up and in typical Simona fashion, you know, she's. She take. She's just so excited. She's like, I'm. I can't believe I'm. I'm so happy that you're here. And she turns and she's like, Oh, and this is Agnes. I can. She's kind of looking down and quickly looks up. She's like, I can see why you took such a liking to her, Agnes. Lovely to finally meet you, Horatio. Who is this woman? Oh yes, Agnes. This is uh, Ms. Delatore. She was the uh, the the woman that I mentioned whose house had unfortunately burned down. Uh, quite quite a wonderful young lady, if I do say so. She w- step, takes a step forward, uh, Simona, and she extends her hand out to to greet yours. I extend my hand out too. It must have been very expensive for you to burn your house down just to get close to my cuddly bear. Do it again, and I'll have your face. I take her hand and I go. Agnes is now my best friend. <laughs> I take her hands and I look at her and I go, "My dear, I would love to see you try." And she takes her hand back and she walks away. Okay. I I was laughing for the last 30 seconds. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Horatio just gets a very shocked look on his face at that statement cuz he never picked up on anything. <laughs> So she takes a step back. And who are the rest of your friends? And I, I will go around and make the introductions. There is, well, I, I do believe you met Ashen Brenner the other evening. And uh, yeah, this is the first time my my face just like like the, you know, the clouds have parted. So I, I and I, I'm not waiting for as soon as they walk in, I'm going to give uh, give a massive bear hug to to the doctor and then and then pump his hand. More than it has ever been pumped. <laughs> and then maybe like a little bow to Agnes and your breast looks lovely this evening, my dear. It was hard to decide which one, but I think this one's... It, yes, it was time. This one. Yes. I nod as if, of course, that's the obvious choice. <laughs> okay. And, and, and uh, Ms. Wolf, of course, you just made her acquaintance. This is her lovely residence, which we are currently in and has been a de facto base of operations over these last several evenings. Yes, you you have been most hospitable to my Horatio while he was both a ghoul. And I hope it, we, this will continue now that he is one of us as well. Thank you so much, Miss Wolf. You are a woman of great means and extraordinary generosity. Why, thank you. I never thought to meet you. Um, You were this enigmatic figure for so long. But as Simona has said, it's very clear. So many more things are made clear now about the good doctor for having meeting you. So, um... Oh, that's very lovely of you to say. She comes over and curtsies in front of you and smiles. Touch his package and the same thing will happen to you. Oh, oh my. And this uh, last young lady over here is, uh, of course, Ms. Henshaw, and she is uh, one of the primary reasons we were able to find Bartholomew at so very long last. Nice to meet you. Horatio's told me so much about you. Rosamond's head is in the book, and she, like, is going, oh, thank you, thank you, and then lifts her eyes and goes, stares directly at the breast <laughs> area first, and goes, that is quite nice. Oh, thank you. Would you like to say hello? Good evening, I suppose. Uh, you eye her chest and say good evening? Yes, good evening. <laughs> okay. She leans, she lowers her head, her mouth moves, and then she says, good evening to you as well. 
And she returns her attention to her book and And might I just say, um, Agnes She turns and looks at you. None of us in this room have ever had any sort of inclinations towards one another. Your darling Horatio is entirely devoted to you. You've no there's no need for any animosity between us when it comes to the state of the good doctor's package. Evelyn, you have so many gifts, and eloquence is one of them. But I would n- I'm really not worried that my Horatio would leave me for someone as haggish as yourself. It's just, he's totally enamored with me. But thank you for trying to reassure me. It's a sweet thing you do. May I sit? Um, at at that, Horatio will actually clear off one of the, the little cushion pillows mm-hmm. and like gesture towards the thing for her. I okay. didn't say she could sit. <laughs> it was a it was a request that was made in his presence. Simona kind of takes um she steps next to Evelyn and she kind of just like takes her hand and kind of side eyes her like the woman's crazy. Like let's just not say anything else. Let's just deal with Hackish. it. I so, know she called me a whore. She looks at the two of you together whispering and she says, Oh, honey, Cuddly Bear, why didn't you tell me? They're a couple. Well, they do live together, but no, I, I no. thought that was the situation. Temporary residence. I would not. Residence. I I love men. I, I. Oh my god! I'm betting the house boy. Like, <laughs> like I'm no. She's lovely, I would not. but no. You have. You have seen me naked dozens of times, though. I This is no place for this conversation right now. Agnes, welcome to the home. Thank you for bringing the doctor here with us, to be with us here tonight. Oh, he insisted. He said he had to see this business finished before we go on our honeymoon. I'm going to take him to such amazing places. Such as? Evelyn, please don't. No, I'd like to arrange their transportation. <laughs> no. I don't think they're going to need transportation. Well, there's a lock in Scotland, and there's a place in France, and the catacombs underneath the, the city are just divine. We're oh, going yeah. to count the skulls, they and are. then we're going to head... So she goes off on a couple of really gothic, weird, ideal places to go. But, the um, you know... You do have this invitation standing in front of you, and I'm sure at this point Simona's looking to get back to that. So the Absolutely. roles that you guys, yeah. the roles that everyone made, what were your total? Uh, Ashburner, you had three successes, you said, right? Uh, one crit and one normal, yes. So three, okay, and, yep, and thank you. And Evelyn, I'm sorry, Simona, what did you have? Simona had four successes. Okay, so the Bleeding Heart refers to a place in London called Bleeding Heart Lane. And Bleeding Heart Lane is a well-known, it's been immortalized in Dickens novels, um, one of the less popular ones, but he did mention uh, Bleeding Heart Lane. It's also famous for a murder that happened um, in the late 1600s. A woman was found dead there. Uh, well, actually, let me rephrase. I apologize. Found, cut up there, still awake, but her parts were all over the place. Her legs and arms were dismembered, and she died not long after that. But there's this whole legend about how she spoke words and tried to, you know, make sense of her what her killer did, and that she lived for like five whole minutes. Well, we know that's impossible, basically, unless she was something supernatural. But yes, there. So they called her the Bleeding Heart, um, and this Bleeding Heart Lane is this small little courtyard uh, where it's been many different things over the years. But it's a courtyard that sits in uh, in the London area. And the eyes inside the rose, the two of you have come to to consider that it'll be witnessed by the rest of Clan Toreador. So the clan has been summoned for Elijah to address them and call upon their mercy to help get him out of London. But to do so, he wants Simona, he has to call all of them. And Simona and Ashenbrenner are being invited to Bleeding Heart Lane as well. Now, that doesn't mean the rest of you can't go, obviously. It's Elijah, it's a blood hunt. But he was trying to reach out to them specifically. I think that I would want to have a moment alone with Ashenbrenner to discuss this before we brought this to the rest of the team. 
Okay. It's Toreador business first. Yeah. All right. So you're going. So the two of you are going to walk out of the room. Yeah, I kind of, I, I just take his arm and I sort of gently tug him towards the direction of the door, um, to just kind of slip out. Yeah, I'll definitely follow. So the two of you go. The dining room is almost directly across the hall. Uh, the way that the, the house is designed. Uh, so you can step into the dining room. Uh, the, the lamps in there are lit, lit very soft, but for your eyesight, it's not a problem. I mean, you, you know the house very well. And you can step inside there and say whatever you want. You make your apologies to everybody in the room and say, if you just give us a moment, I think we need to discuss what this drawing is. is, is. For those who stayed in the room, Rosman, I know you're doing some homework. That That's what you wanted to handle. The Evelyn, you're going to go back to doing your work, I take it? I'm going to be... Um, doing my work. For example, um, a letter that I'm going to have my contacts work on at the moment is to try and obtain some shipping manifests to see if Tevi left London by ship. Also, my contacts at things like railway stations. You know, if I find information and if I'm being kind, maybe I'll pass that along. All right, good. And Dr... You're sitting with Agnes, and she says, now the first rule, and I know you've been practicing this, Cuddly Bear, is shadows are our friends. We can do many things with them. We can change the way we look from shadow. We can walk into a shadow and come out as someone else on the other side. And when you become very good at this, well, here, let me demonstrate. She stands up, and she walks over and you know, by the fireplace, and when she turns, she looks different. And she turns back, and she turns again. And she's in an instant, she's she's gone. She's disappeared. Like she took that spinning moment and everything's just faded out. Oh, yes, yes. Jolly good. And he starts doing like a little golf clap. Like, oh, let me let me try one of them. And so he's going to try and do that second level uh, obfuscate himself. Okay. So go ahead over to Simona and Hashenbrenner. Go ahead. What did the two of you need to discuss? I make sure I close the door. I kind of listen for a second just to make sure I don't hear any footsteps of anybody who might be coming to eavesdrop. And then I sort of go to the farther end of the dining room. And just, I assume there are windows. So I'm just kind of looking out the window and I look at, I'm glancing out the window. I'm glancing at Ashenbrenner and I go, you and I both know what this means. He's calling everyone as a last final Hail Mary. I told everyone, I told everyone to stay away. I sent out a message begging them to let what needs to happen happen, but I'm worried, I worry that their loyalty to Elijah will make them go. And I worry what it means for the rest of Colentoriador if they get caught doing something like this. They get caught trying to help him. I'm quite frankly tired of hearing about his bullshit. I agreed to help him, and then he promised me Tevi once this was all over. Then he told me that he sent an assassin after Bastion, which he's not thinking like a primogen. And as much as I don't know if I trust our prince at this point, the die's been cast, so... We need to take care of Elijah. So I say we gather those interested and try and get rid of this as soon as possible. And maybe he has information on where Tevi is. At this point, I just would like this finished. I don't need to hear any more speeches from this pretty little whoremouth. I don't want to hear any more speeches from him either, but I worry about the members of Clan Toreador that will want to hear his speeches. Who's going to get in the way? Has she, are you officially the, the, this is Paul asking, are you officially the, the primogen yet? Or is it like Elijah needs to be deposed or you've been appointed by the prince? She's been nominated. So there's, so she hasn't been elected. There's other people that could no. potentially run against her. Well, uh, any other Toreador could stand and the prince, the prince obviously has a, the prince a, a say. her. But the prince right now is backing her. Okay. All right, so then, um, at the moment, Simona, you are being backed by the prince, so 
I say we use that and simply do what we can. I just hope that they listen to me. I don't know if any of them will see me as a leader. It's what I'm worried about. I don't even know if I see myself necessarily as a leader. So there are, what, eight other um, Toreador, correct? Um, left besides Elijah, seven. Okay. And we are two of them. So there's, so Simona's concern is that there are five vampires that could either, that should either stay out of it or potentially five that could like back up Elijah. Correct. Gotcha. I think there's only one way to find out. And if Tevi was able to get away, then who knows if Elijah will be able to get away. So... If I were Elijah, I would not trust us. So I'm wondering if this is some sort of a trap. And if we should approach uh, with a modicum of subterfuge. I agree with you. I also don't think that we should all go in there together. I think that we should either you and I go in together or just me and you stay with the rest of them outside but nearby and able to come in if there's any trouble. I support that. You probably trust you more than me at this point. All right, then should we go in there and speak to everybody about this plan that we have? I can't see why not. All right, then let's go. And I turn and I go towards the dining room door to go back with everyone. Okay. You open the door and just... Out of nowhere, there's a floating boob. Um, and then it goes away. Simona kind of blinks twice and she sort of turns to Ashenbrenner and she goes, you also, please tell me that you oh. saw that too. Yeah, he saw it. And do I recognize it as the boob I saw just a few moments ago? Absolutely. Disembodied, just a, one floating titty. Yeah, because she got startled. So she, her obfuscate sort of wavered for a moment, and now she's back in the in the office with the rest of them. I'm okay. Just, yeah, I'm 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 just going to uh, to s- smile, and and you know, sort of sort of guide Simona into the room as in, yes, yes, hurry along, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> and Simona just lets him because she's like, I have, I'm getting a headache. I don't even know if vampires get headaches, but I'm getting one. Well, sure, you can force yourself into one. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's working. Well, when you come back in, everyone is, you know, looks normal and she's sitting on the chair watching Dr. Jackal scrunch up his face trying to do something weird and, and it's kind of just keeping everyone mildly entertained. I look I look at the doctor and I go, "Are you all right?" Damn it, you can still see me. It's not working. <laughs> You'll get there, cuddly bear. But here's the thing. Sometimes you get surprised and things can happen where for a moment you might be able to be seen again. It's very important not to let that happen. Mm, yes. She smiles Do at the two of you. Yeah. Takes out a notebook. Do not get surprised. Yes, you mustn't let anything take you by surprise. It's very dangerous. Or else your left boob will be exposed to the world. I'm just going <laughs> to... <clears throat> she cuts you a dirty look. That's fine. All right, go ahead, Roz, uh, Simona. I was going to say, speaking of tits, and then I'm going to gesture at the uh, at the at the invitation that we received. Oh my god! Oh, good. I was wondering where that sentence was going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I look at everyone and I go, I received information on where Elijah will be tonight. Not all at once. Shall I pull the carriage around? Get our coats? Well, well, before we jump to anything, we need to devise a plan. I believe that he is calling on the remaining members of Clan Toreador to back him and to help him escape. We are not going to let that happen. However, I am also not about to let the rest of the members of my already dwindling clan do something that they're going to regret and also get themselves involved in this blood hunt. I want the bloodshed to end with Elijah no more. I don't want to rule over a clan that is just Ashenbrenner. No offense. 
No offense taken. Horatio will lean into Agnes and say, he's the one who tried to use his thing on me to make me all scared of him. I really don't like him. He's a bit of a ponce. Ashenbrenner? No, no, no. Elijah. <laughs> oh, no, I saw no, we, we like I... Ashenbrenner. We don't like Elijah. Well, the way he was shaking your hand, he was pumping it vigorously. It made you me a bit concerned. That's a, that's a gentleman's way of greeting one another when they are when they are close in the bonds of fraternal brotherhood. It is not a romantic gesture that I've been made aware of. From when I was embraced, it was a way for two men to get each other to a special place. <laughs> I don't think they were shaking hands, dear. She laughs. Well, I want to go after him. However, I don't think it'll be smart for all of us to go in at the same time. Because in case there are members of my clan there, I don't want them getting caught in the crossfire. So I want to go in there and attempt to speak to them first, get them to stand down so that what needs to happen can happen. I want all of you to be in the area nearby to be able to jump in if I need help or when they decide to flee or if they decide to join me and take him down. Simona, do we know of anyone? Um, I do wish I'd been receiving the newsletter at this point. Do we know any one of us who you think would side with Elijah even after saying that they wouldn't? The artist, uh, there's a female artist that definitely would have. Um, Philip would definitely side with him. That's two. So right there, it's almost 50% of what's left. Gotcha. They would definitely help him escape. Okay. There was no indication for um, time, right? Normally, uh, something like this, you would think it's tonight. Okay. I meant like um, there was like no... There weren't. There was no like amount of roses that could symbolize like a specific time in the night, or. Okay. Uh, yeah, you look it over again. You don't think so. In in all truth, most vampires need an hour or two to travel anyway. So, <clears throat> standard wake up would be nine, between eleven and one, somewhere around there. I mean, midnight's not an uncommon time for meetings, among among kindred. Do we know if Sarah is around and willing, or perhaps Mary Reed? I really wish I'd gotten to meet her. Um, Mary Reed is in London somewhere. Sarah would be back at Kiernan's side. Okay. If you if you bring someone like that into this situation, um, it's going to it it will end with it'll end Elijah but there would be no conversation and it may kill the other Toreadors trying to aid him. Which, if they're going to, if they're going to fight to the death to save him, that could happen. Which is exactly why I don't want to bring in backup like that. I guess my question is, do we, will we ever be able to trust these Toreador after they've said they wouldn't help him? What kind of punishment will they receive? Well, they never specifically said they wouldn't help him. Simona asked them not to. So they're okay. elite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's never been an official. Right. Back. Okay. I had only sent out a letter to all of them expressing my concern for them to stay away from this. To not help him. To guard each other. Telling them that I would fight for them and for the better of Clan Toreador if they just let what needs to happen to Elijah happen. I mean, that's pretty reasonable. Elijah has done some pretty stupid and horrible things to other Toreadors, including setting assassins after them. So... No, Elijah played a gambit and got desperate. Yeah, so that's true. What it comes down to is they can either step out of the way and we can lose one Toreador or they can stand and potentially we can lose anywhere between one and five Toreador. Right. So hopefully they will see the error in their ways if there are any of them standing with him. Right. And, th and that's what we're about to, you know, we'll find out if 
this goes off. So, Evelyn, any questions? Anything you want to discuss? Any the, the the plan at the moment is, I guess, for everyone to start getting close to the district split up, and Simona is is suggesting that she go in to Bleeding Heart Lane alone, uh, and then keep everyone else either surreptitiously moving closer or in a group very very nearby in case something were to go awry. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if it would be nice just to have Ash and Brenner there, just to have another backup in the building with somebody on my side. Well, if I could also make a suggestion, uh, Agnes, and to a lesser extent myself, uh, we we do seem to be quite good at passing by things unnoticed. I should have seen the romp we went on last night. Nobody saw a thing except for when we wanted them to. She giggles. Oh, God. But, but Cuddly Bear, it's been, we're really not supposed to get involved. I know these are your friends. And she she's basically doing one of those things where girlfriends talk to their boyfriends without anybody in the room being there, even though they're all sitting right there. So she says, I know that you've, and you've asked me so sweetly if you could join your friends this evening, but I really shouldn't get involved. I'm not feeling like this is the right thing to do. Well, it is uh, Kieran, uh, the the prince. He did call for the what was the terminology? Blood hunt. I, oh. I thought that was a thing that we were supposed to jump at. Oh, absolutely! No, hunting him and draining him dry like a like a husk is perfectly acceptable. Speaking to him at this point is not. Oh, no, no, that I, would be breaking was, the rules. I was not referring to uh, any sort of speech making uh, on our part beyond. Letting Simona try and save some of her potentially new flock. Uh, just to be there should things come unraveled and uh, the hunting part of the blood hunt needs to commence in earnest. This is when I cut, um, I just sort of stop the happy couple from talking real fast. Um, I say, if I may cut in, Horatio. Yes, you are quite good at that. Yes. Thank you. I love this side of you. Horatio, I appreciate your offer. Believe me, I do. I, You have always had my safety in mind. I don't believe it'll be a good idea for you to be in there. However, I wish for anybody in this room who wants to be in the area, be nearby. You can be as close as you want, just not in the building just to keep an ear out, just in case Elijah gets a little too rough. Nothing that I could think of that anybody hasn't said. She just wants to be a part of the the hunt for Elijah, so that's all Gucci. Uh, Simona, darling, Ashenbrenner, this plan has more holes than a cheese from Switzerland. If this was supposed to be a blood hunt... A night of festivities. I I dressed for this. Let's just go and kill him. Simona, he is... It's been decided. And at this moment, he is a blockage, an obstruction, an obstacle in your path to ascension. He means nothing. His life is forfeit. It's been decided. And, you, and whatever clan members that there are in the way... That is my only concern. That is the only thing giving me pause, is the fact that there may be other Toreadors in there now who may come to his aid. We've waited too long. He's been able to call the banners, and potentially what was going to be a blood hunt, one versus five, could potentially be five and Agnes versus however many. I don't want to die for you, for this stupid cause, for that foppish dandy. And I'm not asking you to. You don't have to come with me. However, as acting primogen of an already small clan, I cannot let anybody else die for that stupid man. So that is why I am going. That is why I am going to speak to him. And why am I am going to speak to whichever clan members are standing with him to spare them, to try to get them to see the light because Elijah has manipulated them for so long that they don't know how to not speak stand with him. You can ignore me, and you can go find him on your own. I am not stopping you. I am only asking you to go with me 
if you feel like that is the right thing to do, but you are your own person. Simona, if I were you, I would go to Bleeding Heart Lane. I would not hear him out. I would set the building afire, and anyone inside of it is loyal to Elijah and thus not loyal to you. Eliminate them now, start with a clean slate, and Clan Toreador can rebuild itself in the beautiful image that you create for it. That that is my that is what I would do. All right, we have a decision to make. Um, let's by a show of hands on the little on Zencaster, who is going? Who is at least making the journey to Bleeding Heart Lane? Um, at this point, if if anybody, it, okay, so Rosman's definitely going to Bleeding Heart Lane. I know Simona is. Uh, yes, uh, Ashenbrenner is going. Baby, okay, so everyone with the exception so far of Evelyn is declaring Bleeding Heart Lane. Evelyn, you're not going to be a part of the carriage ride there. Is that what I'm understanding? Of course I'm going to go. This, this is, I'm going to go. My motives are not the same as everyone else's. Well, your motives are the same. It's just Simona is attempting, you know, she just, she's just trying to dissuade uh, any additional or trying to stop any additional fallout to the members of the clan. And, yeah. and, and I understand their, the reasoning and I totally get where you're coming from. Your idea is that if they're willing to help him now, they'll never be totally loyal to you. Eliminate, let them be eliminated and let, let's end this, this, you know, this, this, this terrible event. Uh, but uh, for we'll the s- record, I misunderstood the question. I was going to bleeding heart lane because I was under the impression that we were all just going there to, jump Elijah and get it done with. That's, oh, absolutely. Well, and, and yeah. We're just worried that if there's any of our clan in the way, you know, we got to try and exactly. we'd like to talk them out of siding with Elijah because there are seven of us. When Elijah's gone, that's six of us. And then Simona and I are now one third of our entire, like, clan. So Brood, yeah, what's left. Exactly. So hopefully, exactly. you know, yeah. So what it's going to come down to is trying to convince these people, but then it's like, are they in his thrall or are they like, yeah, I could be talked out of it. And that's what we're going to find out. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.